Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. Hey, what's up, everyone? Tyler Cash here, coming at you with another episode of Fourth Line Goon. It's been some time. Uh, it feels good to finally have some hockey to talk about here uh, chatting with my boy Tommy. How you been, man? Good. It's like, it doesn't even feel right saying another episode. It feels like it's the first one. It's been so fucking long. It's been so long. It's been such a long time. What has it been? Four months now? Well, maybe longer than that, honestly. Maybe a little bit closer to five. I don't know. I have to look it up. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but tomorrow it all kicks back in with some exhibition matches ups, uh, mostly. Uh, Man, look at that! I'm I'm already stumbling on my words. Uh, we we talked about doing this live, but I as we were speaking before we hit record, it, it's going to be awkward. We're gonna we're gonna need a few episodes to get our feet uh, back wet. Is that a thing? Our feet oh. wet? Get our feet wet? Dip our toes in the water. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's man, it it doesn't feel real, like you said. Uh, hockey's going to be back, and they're doing obviously by now. If you're listening to this. You're well educated on the playoff setup, so we're not going to bore you with that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about these exhibition matchups that are starting tomorrow. Yeah, so I mean, pretty much everything is starting tomorrow. Uh, somewhat like quote unquote rivalry matchups in a sense. What do you have? Penguins, Flyers, Leafs, Habs, and Oilers, Flames. I mean, Battle of Alberta. Battle of Pennsylvania, and then a couple Canadian teams going at it. So, I mean, good idea. I see NHL is trying to do here with the whole, uh, you know, play your rivals, get the juices flowing a little bit, and uh, then jump right into the the round robin and qualifiers. So, yeah, that's that's on the agenda for tomorrow. And then what I think uh, the other what uh, rival games here we're looking at was Blues Blackhawks uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, Rangers uh, Islanders, and then I think other than that. I mean, Tampa Bay, Florida, maybe territorial wise. And then as far as rivals go, and then what Thursday you have like uh, Knights, Coyotes, again, more territory than anything. But uh, yeah, good chunk of rivals sort of mixed in there to, to sort of start off this uh, this hockey season back up, back again, or I guess hockey playoffs at this point. And essentially these exhibition matchups, they don't mean anything. So yeah. is every team playing one? exhibition game including the guys that are going to still compete correct for okay so even the teams that are still competing for a spot in the playoffs will also have this random exhibition match yes every uh, all 24 teams yep okay interesting um i'm very excited it kicks off tomorrow 3 p.m central uh time with flyers and penguins i believe right that's correct yeah it's gonna be interesting because i feel like it's going to be one of the situations like a preseason game where like, you know, you have not necessarily, I honestly wonder if everyone's going to dress star players. You're probably going to see like one goalie play half the game. The other goalie come in and play the rest of it because you also have to factor in the whole, like imagine like a Crosby or Tarasenko comes back an exhibition game, like hurts his shoulder again, or McDavid does something. Austin Matthews list goes on, but it's just like, imagine that like first game back and you lose like one of your best players to an injury. So it's going to be, I feel like it's not going to be as competitive as we hope, but it's going to have more of that preseason feel to it. I feel like that's my expectation. Right. Like everyone's hyped on the battle of Alberta and I don't really think we're going to see anything too heated because I mean, that'd be a pretty stupid move to be, you know, throwing punches and, you know, getting guys like potentially even suspended, you yeah. know, like during something that doesn't even matter. That is an interesting take. I didn't even think about playing multiple goalies in the game. Like no matter what the outcome is, like even if you're not losing, just just testing the waters. Because like in a situation, obviously, you know, I was going to bring this up, but we don't have to spend too much time on it. I mean, with Robin Leonard, you know, joining the Knights uh, at trade deadline, it's interesting to see you know, is he going to play anything? Is he going to play an exhibition game? Or are they going to just go with flurry? Like, I mean, what do you do in that situation? I never thought for a second, you know, splitting the time, but that's an interesting take, I guess, to see what teams are going to do. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is I wonder how strict they're going to be on lineups for this too. Cause like, that's the other thing, uh, another topic I wanted to sort of touch on too, is the whole, 
goalie situation for each team. Some teams brought three goalies, some teams brought four goalies. So it's like, all right, these guys, odds are never going to play. Oh, you know, you hope they don't. But at the same time, like, they, same thing. They haven't seen action in three, four months. So do you give them 10, 15 minutes? Are they going to be able to dress three or four goalies? Can you dress eight defensemen? Can you dress 15 forwards? You know what I mean? To get these guys some game action? Who knows? Um, probably not, is my guess. But, right. uh, yeah, that's another thing to sort of factor into. I would assume that these lineups are going to be pretty damn close to what we're going to be seeing in the round robins and the qualifying matches. Right. I would assume they want their lines out there warming up, getting used to playing with each other once again. I mean, they did allow a good chunk of time for these teams to get back together and in, in practice, but then you got teams like the Bruins who have had multiple players out, you know, from either negative testing or just like inconclusive testing. I know that Chara wasn't, um, I don't know even know if he traveled with the team to the bubble, but they're really traveled. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't, I, pasta sat out a lot of it. And then you heard about Crosby missing practice. So like, they're not as, I guess, comfortable as you would think with the amount of time that they were allowed in. But like, yeah, I mean, I would think they're going to use this time to their advantage. It may not be as like crazy and as intense as you would, you know, expect, but at least not until you're getting to the qualifiers and then the round robin. Because right. that, then, you know, there's something to fight for. There's something to actually play. Yeah, I think it'll kick in and everything will be very real then. Correct. Yeah, that's that's kind of my my feeling and expectation of it all. But that'll be nice to actually wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, at least for me on the on the West Coast. Oh, 1 p.m. lunchtime. I can watch some fucking actual hockey for once. This will be so weird. When normally, oh, I... we're, normally we're just sitting here like... <laughs> oh, what these teams sign? Who'd they sign? Who'd they tr- potentially trade? What happened in the draft? And now we're just like normally be sitting here like twiddling our thumbs for a month because like, all right, everyone's made their moves. Where's training camp? Oh, it's like a month away. All right, now what? We'd be just kind of doing nothing. So it's, it's weird, yeah, but good. This downtime has been wild for us because we've been doing this podcast now for over a year. Yeah. And we always were worried that we weren't going to have anything to talk about like in, you know, in between seasons. And like, honestly, there's more to talk about trades and signings and, you know, free agency and all that stuff. So we, we kept it going. We, I mean, this is the only time we've had this big of a break. And, you know, obviously that's um, out of our hands because, you know, the world started burning and whatnot, but um, yeah, I mean, we really didn't, I guess we didn't explain that. We didn't really want to be putting out these, episodes of us just you know sticking our fingers up our ass and you know (laughs) hoping hockey was going to come back until it was like a concrete situation and now you know as they announced they said there's been zero positive covid tests last week it looks like this is really going to happen and Yeah. yeah i mean we're seeing you know baseball already start to crumble because they're not really doing this whole bubble situation right they're traveling like these guys are still treating it exactly the same but in empty uh arenas correct uh yeah exactly but it's it's just the the whole different aspect is you're not you're not in a bubble you're obviously traveling to each individual city and playing each game and whatnot but then also like i was looking at some of the not to rant on baseball because obviously it's in a baseball podcast but like watching the players like go out and like do the anthem for like opening day weekend and stuff like one team sitting there like six feet apart the other one the teams are sitting there like right next to each other and it's just like okay like clearly no one not everyone's fully on board with this so yeah they right just had, they just had to cancel games today because of uh the miami marlins like 12 people or 14 people something like got tested positive for covid like over the weekend and then like the two teams that played i think it was philly and miami they both like are basically like yeah you guys can't play games until you get tested and you figure this shit out that's insane and what do you do in a situation like that that's uh-huh. why you know i think the nhl has this prime opportunity to shine and you know they need to they need to, you know, keep a tight lid on this whole bubble situation that they've got going on here. I know that they were talking about how teams, families can visit them, like starting in the third round, like going into the final. But I mean, honestly, dude, like, don't fuck it up. Like, if you have a good thing going, you have zero positive cases of COVID, you know, like everybody's playing healthy to the, you know, for the most part, and except for, you know, obviously playoff injuries are going to happen. It's, I mean, 
they need to be setting an example, I think, for professional sports across the board. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's both that NHL, yeah, from 18, basically July 18th, that Saturday to the next Saturday, the 25th. Yeah, what was it? 4,256 tests administered to more than 800 players, zero positive tests. So, um, yeah, super great. And then the NBA, I think they had like a handful of coronavirus cases, but they actually were, they have their bubble down there in Orlando with Disneyland or whatever, Disney World, excuse me. And uh, yeah, they've got their shit under control, no more positive tests as well. So uh, it's just like, I mean, the, just a logistical nightmare though of like yeah how do you get 30 teams and bubbles and play games like how does that work for like the mlb or really any league for that matter so again i feel like the nhl and nba have a more unique situation where it's playoffs as opposed to having to play an entire regular season i feel like that's where the whole bubble thing kind of falls apart for a lot of people yeah, that's going to be extremely tricky. Um, but I'm thankful. And like I said, I really hope that they keep a tight lid on this. You know, these players are sacrificing a lot, not being able to see their families. I did see, did you see um, the NHL took liberties to like decorating the players' hotel rooms with like family photos and stuff? Yeah, that was super cool. I'm assuming they probably like told their families to like send stuff up days ahead of time. I'm sure the hotel like handle it all. Super cool. Yeah. Nice little, like go get them, dad. We love you, dad. Stuff like that. That's super cool. You know, what's rad about the whole situation is I didn't even think about it. This is like the first tournament style scenario that these players have been in since like peewee. You know, like since they were trying to like make, you know, well, you could argue, NHL. You, well, majority of them, yeah, you could argue, you could argue the Olympics for like more of the the high caliber players. True, true. But but yeah, I, I don't, I know what you mean by, by that, hundred percent. And I think that that's going to present some sort of level of camaraderie and maybe like spark the love uh, for the game for a lot of these players. You know, the, some of these guys have been playing for a paycheck for God knows how long, and. This says a lot, you know, having to drop everything during a, you know, a nationwide pandemic and, you know, it's like you're bonding with the boys, you're playing hockey, and then you're going right back to your room. And that's, they got to do that potentially for a couple of months. And that's insane. And what was it? 56. We're about to have 56 games in nine days. That's just, (laughs) that's wild. It's like such a crazy, um, approach but i mean i as a hockey fan i i can't complain that's what i'm going to be curious about too i didn't think about it till right now is like all those teams are going to be playing in the same like same arena same area right you know teams are obviously going to get there before they play their their start times outside like the early game are you going to have like other teams just like chilling in the stands watching the games or are they not going to be allowed to that's going to be interesting to see as well I would assume no, and it from the the mockups that we saw that like NHL posted, it looks rad. Like they're not doing the cheesy like cardboard cutouts, like you know right. I, I saw MLBs doing and stuff, or like soccer. They're they they're basically it looked like they were like tarping over the seats, the seats. Yeah. yeah, and like kind of presenting like having this awesome like presentation, probably with I'm I'm sure with a shitload of ads. I mean you gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta make money somehow. And uh, I thought it looked gnarly. Like I'm excited, and and I saw that they they're um, putting like the sound effects from you know like the goal songs and like the national anthems and stuff from these teams like yeah. in the arena to kind of give them that real vibe as if they are playing like a you know a regular game in you know their barn or somebody else's. I mean, I think that's a really cool approach. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I think I like I'm wondering is like. What if you have like uh, a Tom Wilson go and hit, hit someone in the head and then they know right after the game they're both going back to the same hotel lobby? <laughs> you know, what's what's going to happen there? That's going to be right. And I'm sure I'm sure they have measures in place for that. But we'll leave it all on the ice. I don't really think especially at this time, like everyone's just thankful to be playing. I'm, I'm sure these guys are just thankful for the opportunity at the Stanley Cup and to make money because, I mean, if they're not playing. You know, if the league isn't, you know, moving forward, then it's a scary time in general for everybody. But I mean, I don't think it's going to like tone down necessarily the the rivalries. And like, I don't think that that's going to be a thing. But I don't think uh, I think the attitudes are going to be checked at the door. You know, yeah. I, I think everyone's going to be just very grateful for the opportunity to play again. And and I, that's what I was saying. I think it'll spark 
the love for some of these guys that may have, you know, not have had the same passion for the game, you know, uh, over the years and have lost it, you know, from, from the beginning of joining the league to, you know, their more current situation with their teams. Like this is, this is an interesting take. And for the first time we are seeing every team hundred percent healthy. Right. Yep. And that is interesting enough because going into the playoffs, you kind of have to be careful with that or you, you can, you lose some key players to injuries. I mean, I know the blues are getting Tarasenko back and that's, you know, that's a big situation that, could present itself in a positive sense for them. And then yeah. at, the, at the same time too, the reverse is any one of these guys, any single one of these players can get tested positive for COVID at any time. And then I believe, what was it there? I think if that's the case, then they're, they have to quarantine for 10 days as an upper body injury. Is that correct? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. I mean, you got to think what it first time your team makes it to like the, you know, the final and like your star player is just, he, he, he feels perfectly fine. He's not injured by like any stretch of the imagination, but he tests positive for COVID. So like, he's got to sit it out. That's, that's rough. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, these are all things we're going to have to fucking uh, see how it plays out. That's for sure. I just hope they finish it. I just hope they finish it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that could derail everything but hopefully it doesn't happen but uh yeah again just super excited that uh Saul finally fucking coming back um but yeah moving on i think the most honestly to me at least the most interesting situation story that happened here um one of the last couple of days was uh the gm of the uh, coyote is basically quit he didn't resign he quit was it john chica chica something like that i forgot how you say his last name but uh yeah he's basically the gm of the coyote is president of uh hockey operations and what blows my mind is the statement the coyotes came out and released and they basically flat out said two times that he quit and like Think about any other time someone's been fired, someone's resigned, like quit never gets thrown around in NHL. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, always, it's always like we've mutually parted ways or so-and-so has resigned from his duties immediately, something like along those lines. Like that's how it's always been. So it's interesting too, because the Coyotes are sitting there pointing the finger at John and then he's pointing the fingers back at the Coyotes. Um Basically, I guess the situation sort of came to a head when uh, the whole front office sort of met and had a dinner meeting with Taylor Hall, where apparently they, uh, you know, gave him an offer to stay and re-sign with, uh, with the Coyotes, but he wasn't invited. Um, he learned about the meeting the next day. But then I guess there's some other issues where, like, he was trying to pursue, according to reports, he was trying to pursue, you know, other opportunities than the NHL, like a year after he signed a four-year extension with, uh, with the Coyotes as GM. Coyotes ownership's like, no, I'm not going to let you talk to whoever you want to talk to. Like, you just signed here. I want you here. Like, a couple years down the line, when this when this whole uh, you know contract's up, maybe, but not right now. And he kept like pushing and pushing and pushing for this. And then I guess eventually he's just like, I don't want to. I don't want to work for you guys anymore. So right, right. <laughs> the word the word quit, as you said, that is something that you don't hear all the time, and it sounds kind of bitter. Like, oh, he quit. He just walked out. He quit on us. Like, not... And obviously, the timing wouldn't point to that as well, because your team is getting ready to, you know... Be in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, go to the playoffs and and travel and and literally commit to, like, the craziest concept you can think of to finish the season. And then you just say, nah. And you, like, throw down your, you know, your, your gauntlet. And you're like, no, I'm not dealing with this. I mean, there is something... There's something to say about it as far as that's concerned. And how wild would that be if they like somehow win the cup? You know, oh like my God, that'd be the, hilarious. The GM decides to quit like right before, you know, the Oats could potentially win their, you know, first Stanley Cup. I mean, that's just that's yeah. crazy. I mean, we're far away from that being even a conversation to have, <laughs> which we will uh we'll end this episode with our predictions. We will uh we'll keep this one short. We just wanted to make sure we were uh let you guys know that we're hyped on hockey. We hope you guys are stoked on hockey as well. So, you know, we just wanted to do this one episode to kind of bring it all back, but we're going to, we're talking about kicking around some ideas of doing some live podcasting and then like uploading them later. So if that's something you guys are into, let us know, you know, drop some questions and whatnot. And we'll, uh, we'll approach that. Maybe, maybe we'll do some live streaming during, uh, 
some of these exhibition games. Yeah, it could be fun. But uh, yeah, this whole situation is fucking crazy. But uh, the only thing I wanted to mention, too, is apparently the whole situation with uh, with him quitting is because he quit. Coyote isn't obligated to pay any more money. And then I guess the other stipulation is because he's in material breach of his contract, which I think goes on for three more years. He can't if if that's held up in court or whatever through the whole legal battles are going to go through. He is prohibited from working from any NHL team uh, until his contract is over, even though he's not getting paid any money. So whatever he's doing is going to be very interesting how this plays out in the next couple of months. Um, those yeah. guys don't ever. Those guys don't ever care about money though. That's the wild thing. If you're a GM of like a you know a hockey team, you have so much money that like you really don't even care about your setup. Oh, you know, it's like, not like players where they need they need the 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 work and the money. These guys are like next level power and control and money situations if they're able to just kind of you know walk away at any given point and just say screw it to I, I don't even know what this guy's contract is or what he's making, but I'm assuming millions. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my thinking too. So, um, yeah, moving on. I guess the next topic here before predictions, or I guess last topic before predictions. Newest team in the NHL. What do you think about yeah. that? I think that the well, so the name obviously is the Seattle Kraken, and uh, we got some crackhead fans in the crack den situation. There's a lot of uh puns and plays on words we can do there, but uh. I think it's a cool name. I'll keep it short. I think it's a cool name. I, th- I think the jerseys are have left little to be desired. I, 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 I'm not a big fan, but I, I'm stoked because I'm obviously a, a Knights fan, and I don't want to like anything about this team. So I'm okay with their jerseys uh, kind of being lame. <laughs> of course you say that. <laughs> um, what do, what do mean, you think? I mean, the jerseys are simple. I think it takes like a... Uh... It's it, it reminds I grant it's an S, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the old school uh, Sabres jersey, like back in the Dominic Hoshik days, where like it's just kind of like you have to look at it and you don't really see much, but then if you can't take a second look at it, you're like okay, that's actually not too bad. Um, I thought the color, I think the color scheme is really cool. I'm a fan of the color scheme. Um, yeah, like an S though for your actual logo, um, you know, a tentacle arm and the eye. It's all right. Um, I mean, there's worse ones out there, uh, but I mean, it's I, I'm, I'm actually the thing that surprised me the most, I think, is the fact that it actually went with Kraken, because like I feel like that's not a name, that's not like an NHL name, if you if you know no. what I mean. Like it's no, not like it, that prestigious kind of you know lore to it or, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I thought that was actually kind of surprising. That they I think it that. screams AHL. I think everything. I think the the jerseys, the logo, the name. I think a lot of it just says AHL, which is fine. But as you know, and like if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't really maybe follow those teams, I feel like the AHL kind of has a more cartoony look. You know, like the logos are, are yeah. you know, brighter and more like animated, you know, and the names are kind of goofier and it's fun. Like it's just like, oh, it's a bunch of kids up and coming. It's not really, like you said, this prestigious, classy. Thing like the NHL has, you know, become over, you know, grand tradition in all these years. Sure. So I think it's, I mean, it's okay. The name is fun. I mean, it's better than the sock eyes. And that was <laughs> <laughs> the Seattle suck guys, you know, like it literally, uh, that was leading in the polls for a long time. So I don't know what made them decide to go with the Kraken, but I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's, I think it's anything to bring attention to the sport is good in my opinion especially with how well the knights have done and you know now we're dealing with this whole pandemic so things are scary and we can use some positivity so that's cool but yeah i mean i just think the jerseys are lame but i, I think i'm alone i think i'm alone in that i think a lot of people actually are stoked on it but i will say the secondary logo like the arm patch shoulder patches those are pretty dope because it has the space needle in it and the anchor i thought that was pretty sick the anchor Uh is great and they could have done the anchor with like the tentacles like wrapped around it and it could have been Uh like a sick like main logo i feel feel like the the whole that whole thing would have been more of like the classic approach like an anchor screams like nhl to me yeah so i wonder if they're gonna come i I wonder if we'll see any like concepts of all the logos they came up with that'll be interesting um personally though i was i was going for for rain city bitch pigeons but 
<laughs> That's never going to happen. Um, Dude, I, I was worried. I was worried for a second because there was a rumor that they were going to be the Seattle Sasquatch. And uh, I might have, I might, I might have had to be Tyler uh, four teams or five teams in that situation because that would have been sick as fuck. But I knew that they weren't going to do that. Like I was like, there's no way they're going to have a team called the Sasquatch. But I mean, Kraken isn't that much far off. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would agree with that, hundred uh, percent. Funny thing too, uh, like what two days or something after they announced the name, uh, Kraken Rum is now their official sponsor. Shocker. Oh, is it really? That's yeah. yeah they had to have worked that out. No, yeah, it, I think they amazing. actually. Yeah, I think they actually had to uh, like get the okay to actually use Kraken from them because it's already like a U.S. entity or some shit. The whole copyright situation, even though they're different things. Right. Um, but yeah. So I mean, that, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer if you think about a Kraken rum, CL Kraken's genius. But um, yeah, that'll be yeah. interesting to what a probably less than a year from now we'll be talking about who's going to seattle in the expansion draft what are, team, what are teams going to be offering for incentive to not take a certain player all sorts of shit yeah and i mean with the salary cap not going up and it's going to be staying at 81.5 for like the next four seasons teams are going to have to let players walk and they're going to have to leave some of them that they might have protected, you know, unprotected because they just don't have the salary cap. And, um, you know, that we don't need to really get into it right now because we have so much to talk about with playoffs. But I mean, that, I mean, is going to put us in a situation with Petrangelo, you know, like now he is going to want his big payday, but they're not getting any extra help, you know. Imagine, imagine David Perron goes to the crack. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible because they'll have one year left. So, who yeah. Knows? No, um, I I think everybody thinks it's going to be Falk. I think that, that that was kind of always the whole yeah. belief that that's the reason why they picked him up. They were they were planning some sort of a sketchy trade off, yeah. anyways, because like the the GM uh, from the Kraken, which I'm not familiar with his name or anything, but he's the guy who drafted Falk. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's some sort of a, a situation there. Obviously, we're we're far from uh, that situation, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I do want to, you know, bring up one thing because it, it got brought up in a conversation about the whole Kraken scenario. It's we're gonna see a lot more like mythological themed teams because, oh. yeah, because we're getting all these teams, you know, with the the Washington Redskins, you know, having to change their name because you know the name is racist and it can be dated back to some, you know, insensitive situations. You you really can't. I mean, is somebody going to be like, "Hey, like, I'm I'm scared of sea creatures." You know, you need to you need to cut that shit yeah, out, right? So they're going to play it safe, and that you know they're not going to we're not going to have to worry about that. True. So last thing, just simply yes or no, gut answer. Do you think the Kraken next year are going to be skating out of like a giant octopus mouth <laughs> or head or tentacle? Yes or no? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Probably. That's, that's, probably. That's, that's what I'm saying too. Cool. The the Knights have set uh you know a precedent when it comes to that you know with their whole theatrical thing and I think that that's going to be a normality. Yeah, they're going to go above and beyond. Fair. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't say that. I mean, the stars come out of their thing. The sharks come out of their shark head. Yeah, but how long did it take? How long did it take for that to be a thing? That's what oh, I'm saying. It's like you can't, can't say they're a trendsetter with that, though. No, it's not a trendsetter, but they're setting the bar for like expansion teams. You know, it's like they're going to be expected, especially. You know, didn't they sell the Seattle team sold like out in like multiple years within like 10 minutes or something of like season tickets, like the quickest, like that's, any that's true expansion team. So they, they, they're going to have the attention. They're going to have the money and they're going to have, you know, they, they got to do something because honestly it could burn out bright, really, you know, really fast. You know, it, yeah, it's a, true. it's a scary time and have 32 teams in the league and everyone's broke. I mean, dude, you got to think, how scary is it to be like the Red Wings owner right now? Yeah. You know, a, a prestigious team that's been around, you know, forever, like literally. And it's just like your your team sucks. You're not making any money and your salary cap is, is stick, staying put and you have no like hope of like new young players or anything like it, it's just I mean, yeah, they have to go above and beyond. I think that right now. Hockey has an opportunity to get some new fans, especially if baseball winds up folding, which I, you know, I hope to God it doesn't like, I really do want the world to, to stop burning a little bit so we can all enjoy some sports. But 
hockey really does have a really good opportunity here. They they didn't start as early as they wanted to. Like I thought we were go- they were going to beat out all the major sports, but they do have an opportunity and yeah, I mean the Kraken cool name, maybe they can do something great for the, you know, the league as well. Seattle Kraken going to play in the crack house where all the crackheads will come cheer them on. It'll be cracking open cold ones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So I think the last thing you really touch on here is uh, predictions. Um, I, I Let's start. I'm trying to think where we're going to start. Do you want to start round robin? Or do you want to start playing round? I feel like round robin because I feel like it's simple. It's very simple. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter in a sense, but it does. But like it doesn't. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay. So the round robin might be kind of hard though because we're just basically going to pick who we think where people are going to seed. I mean that. I mean they all have to play each other what one, one time. time. Yeah. I mean just. I mean just in general terms. I mean yeah. I mean I'll start. Let's start with the East, right? I mean, just kind of gut. I feel like it's going to be something along the lines of. I probably say honestly, I want to say a Capitals one, Bruins two, Flyers three, Lightning four. Um. The reason I say that Capitals just, I feel like scoring is going to be up early on. This is my thought. So I feel like their offense is better than everyone's there. Uh, Bruins are just probably the probably the most well-rounded team in the East. So I feel like them going number two, and then Flyers. The reason I put them over the Lightning is because the Lightning have the whole what a couple players staying back for personal reasons, not joining the team yet. Stamkos coming back from injury might not fully play yet. Who knows? Um, but I think the Flyers kind of have a chance to be the sneaky, sneaky team out of the East. You know, I agree. And I was actually going to say, not only am I rooting for like the weirdest situations to come forth because this whole scenario is just wild. Like I'm all for it. Like I, I want this to be like a soap opera of, so I want to be, feel like I'm watching wrestling or something. <laughs> like I want to be that jaw dropped open like scenario. And I, with that being said, I think the Flyers are, I, I do think that they're a weird team to watch. And I also will say in that same breath of air, I think the Bruins are going to be the team that blows it. I think that they're going to be the Tampa of this year. And Tampa has a lot to prove because they were, you know, embarrassed last year, yeah. uh, you know, being swept um, by the Blue Jackets. So I, I think Tampa takes takes the first seed. Um, and okay. I think, I think the flyers take two. I think the capitals take three and I think the Bruins blow it. I think, I, I know that that's a bold statement, but I just, I think that there's going to be an upset um, of catastrophic proportions like Tampa. And since there are so many question marks with the Bruins and yeah, they did have a hell of a season. I think they had a hundred points and they should be, the obvious first seed in the situation. I just, I can see it happening. And honestly, I would love to see it. So that, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I can see you both ways easily. No doubt. In my opinion, um, it's just, there's so many moving parts, so many things that could happen and go wrong, but so you play the games, right? Um, yeah, I guess move to the West. This is, I mean, I'm trying to keep bias out of it. I mean, I honestly like, Team scariest team in my opinion is the Avalanche. Healthy Avalanche team is just loaded. Um, Agreed. Makar on defense, McKinnon, Landeskog. Uh, the only suspect in their honestly side of things is their goaltending situation. With uh, wow, what's his face? I don't remember. Like the old old rookie. He's like an older older rookie than than Bennington or whatever. Uh, Franz or something. I can't remember the name off the top of his head. Are you looking it up? I was wondering the same our, thing. Our front, front, Pavel Frankuz, I believe. <laughs> or you have Grubauer. Those are the two. Yeah, Grubauer. Um, it, they they're definitely a team that's going to rely on goal scoring. So if they have like their you know their top lines are healthy, then yeah. then yeah, they're going to be a scary team. That's that's exactly kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, he's like got a. I mean, yeah, twenty-one and twenty-one and eleven, two point four goals against. Yeah, ninety-two save percentage, guys basically a 30 year old rookie but he's not technically a rookie i think because of his age which is just wild um yeah so i think honestly i think i would expect them to take number one um i want to say like that they're all such close tight teams is the issue um it's hard i mean 
Heart wants to say Blues number two, and then Knights third, Stars fourth. Uh, I think the Stars just they're good in all categories, but they just don't really. I feel like the whole group isn't there. Obviously, Ben Bishop's great, Klingsberg's great, Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan are great, but like they have some top guys. And then after that, there's a lot of talent drop off. I know there's a few other young guys to sprinkle in there that are really good, also. But that's just kind of my thought on it. Um, and then. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, the Knights, who knows? It's it's all, like, I think the West is more of a crapshoot than the East, personally. I agree. that Everything you said was my list. I, I'm going to go Avalanche 1, uh, Blues 2, Knights 3, uh, Stars 4. Um, I think the Stars haven't really, they got older and slower. And yeah. that's, you know, they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I just don't see anything about them that are, you know, that impresses me. Um, the Blues are an interesting situation. And actually, I forgot because it's been so long since you and I have gotten on here and talked about hockey and had a podcast. But we were saying in the beginning of the season that we weren't as sold on the Blues as their numbers were suggesting that they were winning some games rather boringly or luckily. Um, and it's interesting to think, you know, their number is great. Like their record was awesome. They didn't show any signs of having, you know, a Stanley cup hangover, but now with this huge long gap, where are they going to be at? Are, yeah. are they, are they just as hungry? Are they, you know, I, I don't know. And the, the main question mark, the giant question mark, and you already know this is it's Bennington. Is yeah. he, is he this elite goaltender that we hope he is, that we saw that he's capable of being? We, we don't know. And honestly, there's not enough time to throw in another goalie. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Allen doesn't play. Like, this is this is Bennington's game. I mean, he'd have to blow it. Like, he'd have to yeah, 100%. have two catastrophic blowouts for them to even consider putting Jake Allen in. So, it's just not enough time. And... um I mean, hey, Jake, Jake Allen, the second best goals against average this year, so I don't want to hear it. I know. I saw I saw that. I saw that. You know, I don't know, man. And as a Jake Allen, uh, you know, an anti-Jake Allen dude, um, he he has been known to show up when the team doesn't. Yeah. So, and it could go vice versa. So it really just depends on where the Blues are at mentally when they get out there and they do their thing. Um, yeah, I mean, and obviously the Knights – are a very interesting situation with Leonard and Flurry. Um, very interesting. And do you have time to do a tandem? Do you like? Do you start? You know? Do you take a chance on Leonard and and put him in net, or is this Flurry's you know last yeah. chance to do? It's really interesting. But what's what's crazy though is they they have an amazing top six, but outside of the top six there's a they don't have much depth like their third line is questionable um tuck and stevenson um they're just unproven players and i mean they're good but they're it's just not like elite i mean obviously you could say that about a lot of third yeah, liners right, you know, right obviously um but i if they have injuries i'm concerned on who's going to step up and fill mark stone's role like and as yeah. of right now actually max patch didn't travel with the team so Who's going to step up and fill that role? I mean, they don't have a lot of choices when it comes to that. And I think that with having defense that's not, you know, the best in the league um, and a penalty kill that's, you know, notoriously been bad, they yep. they really, they need everyone healthy. And if they can do that, then they're going to be very scary. And if the goaltending situation could be either way, I think that's, they're easily the scariest goaltenders to deal with, and I hope uh, I hope it's interesting to say the least with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree, man. That's that's going to be my placement as well. Okay, fair. Uh, let's just stay. Let's just stay in the West. I say let's not make this too overly detailed. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll start. I guess top down from the from the seating here. Uh, basically, I guess playing around what I have. What? Yeah, Flames, Jets. Ah, uh, that's tough to me. Because Hellebuck's kind of a Vezina candidate, but then the Flames, I feel like, are the better rounded team outside the goalie. Uh, I kinda, I'm going to go Jets on this. I think I, I think I am. I think Hellebuck has a chance to steal this. Okay, so here's the thing that 
blew my mind, and I know it's going to blow your mind as well. Um, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to go Flames. Uh, I think Hellebuck is uh, a great goaltender. He's he's shown signs of being an elite goaltender. I don't think that his team in front of him is that great, and it hasn't gotten better. They've pretty much, you know, uh, fallen off as far as being like a threatening team. Uh, but this is what blew my mind. Uh, the goaltender, who's the goaltender again for Calgary? I don't want to butcher this. There's, there's Mike uh, Smith. But then Mike there's Smith. The other, uh, there's the other no. Okay, yeah, but okay, so apparently Mike Smith had one of the best records in the league leading up to the break. Um okay. I'm going to look that up because I want to know for sure um his situation, but they were talking about it on Spitting Chicklets about how you don't look at All right, sorry, um, I'm, well, we're, I'm an idiot. Mike Smith, I'm such so dumb. He got he was with the Flames, he got traded to the Oilers. Okay, swapped, so then they swapped Talbot with uh with him. Okay, so maybe it's Talbot that I'm thinking of then. Um, I think it's Talbot. His record um, was a lot better than you would think it would be. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that – I think Calgary takes it. I mean, I uh, great goaltending is definitely important, but a team in front of you is, you know, with you got Kachuk, um, Johnny Hockey, if he actually shows up this postseason. That's uh, yeah, I mean, who knows though? It's a weird postseason, so it could. Um, I, but yeah, I'm going to say Calgary, and uh, but I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a close series. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Oilers, Blackhawks. Thing that blows my <laughs> mind here. Thing that absolutely <laughs> blows my mind is Malcolm Subban might be starting playoff games. Right. Think right. about that. Think about that. Oh so, man. I mean, personally speaking, Crawford or Subban and Net, I don't think things are going to go well for the Blackhawks. Uh, I think Seabrook isn't playing or he's hurt, last I checked. And then Duncan Keith's old. They really don't have any whole lot going for him on defense. They'd have to heavily rely on like Kane and Taze and Debrinkit. But yeah, I, I think the Oilers, even with their sort of shortcomings and goal a little bit and D. I mean, the whole McDavid dry settle line, it's going to be, that's going to take a miracle, I feel like, for the Blackhawks to, to come out and even probably take this four games personally. Yeah, it's going to be a slaughterhouse, I, I would assume. And anyone that knows anything about hockey would take that same assumption. Uh, they, I do think that the Blackhawks are going to propose like some sort of situation where it won't be as easy as you would expect. Like you, as you said, you know, a sweep and, and that would be my first instinct. This is a best of five, correct? Like yeah. the first, the first round is a best of five. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it'll take, I, I mean, I think it'll be five games, four or five games. I don't think, I don't think they'll get it done right away, but I mean, you never know, but I'm definitely, yeah, definitely with you. The Oilers are going to take that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, this is the one that's kind of like, oh, can't really say that. This is probably one of the most strange matchups, I feel like, to me, which is Canucks Wild. I just kind of look at both these teams and I'm like, they're kind of polar opposites. You have the Wild, you have all these like aging old star veterans players, you know, Suter, Zuccarello, Parise. Um, and then you have like the Canucks with up and comers like Besser and Quinn Hughes and you know players like that. So it's kind of like different people or different, completely different teams. So it's tough. I mean, I honestly, I feel like I have to go Canucks because I can't really think of a time that anyone in the Wild has really come through in the clutch really at all in the playoffs. Like really, can't say much about the Canucks either. But I'm gonna say the younger Canucks are gonna take this personally. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I want to say the Canucks, but I also don't think this is going to be a very easy um, situation. Yeah. Um, the Wild don't really have, I guess, too much to offer. They're definitely an older, slower team, and I don't think that um, it'll. It's good. I don't think they stand a chance. But once again, this is such a weird postseason that I don't think I, I don't foresee a sweep. From anybody, I don't think that that's going to be a case. I think that these teams are going to fight really, really hard. Uh, yeah. They're giving they're giving up a lot of their their own stuff and their own lives to be there to drop everything to be there. I, I don't think that it's going to go. Any team's going to go quietly. 
But yeah, I'm with you, Canucks. Canucks for sure. I'm going to say Canucks in five. Cool. Okay. Uh, then we have Predators and Coyotes. Um, yeah, another not really strange matchup, but just not something you don't really ever think of. Oh, are these teams going to face off in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, this is a tough one because, you know, obviously my whole joke is the whole, you know, Zona Born, Go Yotes, you know, that sort of a thing. But, like, the thing is, like, they're only four points between them in the standings. Like, it's not either team was super far apart. Um, that's how tight the West was, too, when it comes to uh, the playoffs. But um, I, it's ultimately, it's going to come down to how much can Kessel and Hall and Keller produce. Because if they can't produce, they're not going to win, especially against uh, the sort of like 1-3-1 type of shit that, uh, that the Predators like to employ when they have a lead. So if they don't produce offense, they lose, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's like... Taylor Hall's in a contract year. Phil Kessel went back to the playoffs. Obviously, he's been on, performing super well. But who knows? Playing for Rick Tockett. I mean, I could see the Coyotes taking this one in five. But uh, that's kind of my that's kind of my my thought on it. It's more of a more of a biased opinion. But that's kind of that's kind of my feeling. Yeah, uh, I don't agree. But it's not it's not because of you know the Knights and uh, and I don't want the Coyotes to to progress, you know, being a fan of a Pacific team. <laughs> I, I I personally do think that the Predators have, they had a bad season, but they're not a bad team. And I, I hate to say that because you know how much I despise the Predators and I hate their fan base. Sorry if you're listening to this and you're a, a Preds fan, I apologize. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big, not a big fan. So it hurts me to say this, but I, I truthfully believe it's going to be the, the Preds. I think that if Rene can actually uh, show up and he has been known to be elite in the past, especially in postseason situations, I think that, um, you know, Taylor Hall's been a, a big bust. Um, you know, he hasn't really produced like he should. Uh, I did look up his stats. I mean, he did play 65 games, 16 goals, 36 assists. It's not horrible. Um, he definitely, uh, you know, has upped his, his game just a bit there towards the, you know, the break, but Phil Kessel, on the other hand, um, underperforming as well. Um, you know, with a, a 14 goals, 24 assists, 38 points in 70 games. That's, I mean, if, if, if you're expecting Phil Kessel to kind of, you know, be a bigger role on this team than he was on the Penguins, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be, uh, you know, his britches. Yeah. I, aren't going to be big enough to be filled. Is that what I'm saying right there? I don't know. There's not enough hot dogs to fill Phil Kessel's britches. Let's put it that way. Uh, I don't. Yeah. And he's got a negative 21 on the plus minus. I know that's a stupid stat, but, and then Taylor all also has a negative 14. I mean, they're not two way players. And uh, so uh, we need, we need them to score goals or they need them to score goals. And Renee is a scary goaltender. And I say Preds and I say Preds. Yeah. I mean, four games. I don't think it'll go the whole series. I think that I think Coyotes will win one. All right, that's fair. I mean, I don't know why you think Pecorini is a scary goalie when he had a goals against over 3.1 and a save percentage under 900 this season, but They had a bad season, I told you. They had a really bad season. He he's been pre- he's getting older. You can say but... a bad season, but you can't have a goaltender with a 3 plus goals against regardless of how bad you are. Yeah, true. True. But uh, anyway, uh, oh yeah, let's move to the East. Four more matchups left. Uh, start this one off. Uh, Leafs, Blue Jackets. Thoughts? Well, I'm going to go Leafs because I, I, you know, they're man. It's insane. Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, <laughs> Freddie Anderson has been great. You know, it's. I mean, they they also have had a rough patch, couple patches in the season, but I do think they're a great team. And I think that this is a golden opportunity for them. And I, you know, uh, yeah, I, not being matched up against Boston for first round is great. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that they take the Blue Jackets. But once again, I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it'll go a full five games. But yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, I come to two things. You have the Tortorella factor and then you have the Elvis factor. A good played lights out second half of the season when he got his chance and um yeah 
cut short because of Corona. But if he can do what he's did in the regular season, it's hard to think Columbus won't put up a fight or even take the series. Um, but that being said, yeah, the Leafs lost the fucking Zamboni goalie, dude. Like it's so hard to put faith, <laughs> it's so hard to put faith in either of these teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it goes five. And I think it's the Leafs will just eke out just on offense alone. Um, but yeah, uh, this is the one where I think it has the potential to be the upset is the Penguins Canadian series. <laughs> yeah, Canadians went what three and one against them, I think, this year, and Carey yeah, they Price won. Highlight reel after highlight reel save against the Penguins. So he's the type of goalie too, especially in a short series, he can steal you a couple of games easily. Um, Matt Murray, it's not the Matt Murray of former past. Tristan Yari is yet to be proven doing anything in the playoffs. So who knows? Uh, Crosby's getting older. Malkin's getting older. Their defense is still kind of a shit show. But then, yeah, go to look at the look at the Canadians. Their defense isn't great. Their offense isn't the best. And then it's, it, I think this series genuinely rides on Carey Price's shoulders. If he does good, the Canadians win. If he does bad, the Penguins win. But that being said, I think this is the time the Carey Price comes through. I agree. I I have this vibe. I have no idea why. I just I have a vibe. Well, I mean, I do have an idea. You said a lot of it. Uh, there are some issues with goaltending for the Penguins, and this is a golden opportunity for a team that, you know, hasn't been able to make the playoffs. You know, the Canadians are, have always been an absent, you know, or not always, but I mean, in recent years, haven't been great. Uh, they did acquire Tatar, you know, and he has been, like, putting up good points for them, and he's been a positive force as far as offensively. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy, um, but yeah, considering everything you said, I agree. Um, Canadians, I'm gonna say in, in five. I think I, I, it's not going to be easy, but I think they'll take it. Okay, fair. Uh, two more left here: Islanders, Panthers. Um, much as you have the Joel Quinville factor and being a good coach, I think the Islanders are too stingy defensively with trots. Um, I just think they're going to be the better team. Simply put, I just—I mean, granted, the Florida Panthers are putting up a bunch of goals. I just think they're going to run into sort of a buzzsaw defensively against the Islanders and just uh, not going to be able to put up a whole lot. So I have—I'm going to say like Islanders in four, quite honestly. And then obviously Bobrovsky has not been the Bobrovsky we knew with the with the Blue Jackets at all. He got paid. (laughs) Dude's making dude's making ten point five million dollars for the next decade, basically. Like that's that's absolutely crazy um i i think the islanders i mean we've been joking hashtag uh uh, islanders 2020 stanley cup champs uh i actually put i put 20 dollars down on them to win when i was in vegas and uh it pays out like 1500 bucks i mean it's a hail mary for sure but considering the islanders were a great team last year and they're a good team this year and you know they have you know, Barzal, who's stepped up and, it, it, you know, he's put up 19 goals, 41 assists. He's got a, a good plus minus going at five. Like, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's definitely not, you know, negative for almost, you know, almost doing 20 goals. Um, you know, Brock Nelson, damn, jo- even Josh Bailey did decent. You know, they're, they're, they have a good team. And, yep. uh, you know, uh, once again, they seem to be a team that, might lack defense, you know, like in their goaltending situation, isn't like um, their save percentage is actually amazing, but the goals against isn't incredible. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think they're a good enough team to take, um, to take the Panthers in four. Yeah. I mean, if there's going to be any sweep, I don't want to say there's going to be a sweep, so I'll say five. Um, No, no four. Yeah. I'm sorry. Best of five series. So, I think it'll be them in four. Uh, but if there is any sweep uh, in that first round, that would be my bet. Um, Bobrovsky is just overhyped, and you know, yeah, they have no reason to really uh, to really put much of a fight up. Yeah, 
that's fair. Uh, all right, last uh, last prediction, last part of the podcast here. Bring it home. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. This is interesting too because who are the Rangers going to start in goal? And on the Hurricane side of things, they're a bit younger. You have Justin Williams. Their goalie situation isn't really the greatest either. So, uh, yeah, I, this is the one where I kind of sit here and look at it, and I'm like, I feel like this is the toss-up of all all the ones. So, I, as much as it's, I'd say, I'm just sitting here trying to go one way or another. I, I don't know what to pick. It's just, I, I feel like... I feel like the Rangers, they played good down the stretch, if I remember correctly. You know, Panarin's super scary. Um, it's just going to come down to goaltending, and if, say, they do start Lundqvist um, or their backup. Uh, George Yeah, if Georgia. one of, if one of them falters right off the bat, if the co- if the coach is able to just go right to the other one, I think they'll win. If one of them falters and the coach just has that blind confidence in whoever they start. And you know, it continues to snowball. They get down two zero, and then they want to make a change, and you're gonna have a problem. So, I don't know. I I want to say Rangers in five. Yeah, I I definitely am going with the Rangers, especially looking at these stats. Which, by the way, I don't even know who this guy is. Is Igor Shesterkin? Shesterkin? Do you know who that is? That's like their. It's one of their three goaltenders, and he's got a, a ten two and zero record. With yeah. a point nine three two save percentage and only uh, goals against at two point five, I mean he's got a better record than Georgiev and, and Lundqvist. Right. Um, I mean I don't know that he'll even see the light of day, but that kind of just blew my mind. Um, y- yeah, and also man, like they are a scary team. You have Panarin, who had a hell of a year, and now he's on like at least a better team than where he was. He's fucking 69 games played he's got 63 assists and 32 goals so yeah. 95 points in 69 games with a plus minus of 36 he's got plus 36 that's yeah. nuts yeah. i mean he's a great player he's a great two-way player he's gonna do a lot for that team um and i always butcher his name uh zip, zip, how do you say zinabajad zabanajad dude that guy's nuts too yeah. i mean I, I hate the way he looks but <laughs> he looks like you know those etch-a-sketch things where you could like you start with a bald guy and then you can put like facial hair and like weird <laughs> eyebrows and stuff that's kind of what he looks like but i mean damn dude he had what like the four goal game this season and like he, he put up 41 goals 34 assists yeah. and then then that's not even it dude they have strom they have um Kreider. Uh, Truba, like all these guys are having hell of years. Oh, and I mean, obviously Kako, which isn't, he's kind of a bust. Damn, a negative 26. Um, But I mean, they're a good team. Uh, I think if there was another team um, that I could see uh, taking it in a sweep, I would say Rangers. I don't don't think it's going to be a full series. I think the Hurricanes were kind of a one and done Cinderella story. I just don't see it happening. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna say Rangers in in four. I'll give Hurricanes one game. Fair, okay. Uh, cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll know within probably honestly like ten days what's gonna happen with these series. There's gonna be at least two or three games played either either one of them by then. Um, so yeah, I think that about does it. Nice to be back doing this again finally. I know I'm hyped and I'm really stoked to like listen back on this in like a couple months and how horribly wrong our predictions are going to be <laughs> because our playoff brackets last year were a joke as everybody's was. I mean, uh, and this year is going to be even crazier. Like we don't know what to expect healthy teams playing, you know, tournament style in a bubble. It's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. I've never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to watch any game. I'm going to watch predators and stars like i'll watch the hawks like i don't i don't even care i i'm gonna watch it all and i starting tomorrow 3 p.m central time we're gonna kick it all off with the flyers and the pens and i think that's a good matchup uh should be a good game i'm looking forward to it maybe um like we talked about it maybe we'll uh we'll, we'll podcast maybe sometime on thursday or something or maybe friday we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be dropping a little bit more often just to kind of keep up to date with how many games because yeah, six games a day for the next nine days, uh, at least. That's yeah, that's gonna be uh, 
that's going to be a lot of hockey in it. We have a lot of uh, stuff to talk about and a lot of uh, good times to make up for. So we appreciate you guys checking it out. Um, like I said before, we're going to try to do some sort of live streaming situation with the podcast from here on out. But uh, for now, make sure you are liked and subscribed on uh, just about wherever you can listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, chat with us on um, fourthlinegoon.com, facebook.com slash fourthlinegoon. And that's uh, that's all I got. What, you, have, you have anything else you want to close out with? No, I think I'm good. Just, uh, yeah, basically fucking, what, for, what, 15 and a half hours till hockey. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Guess who's back, back.